بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه كولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم Welcome you back to our series on دعاز from the Quran and Sunnah After the brief introduction that we had in the previous episode, now we look specifically at Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha is both a dua as well as the introduction to the Qur'an as well as the synopsis of the entire Qur'an. To the extent that one of the names of Surah Al-Fatiha is in fact Ummul Kitab, which literally translates as the mother of the book. Now, we need to understand the importance of Surah Al-Fatiha as Muslims and memorize it because it is a requisite of every unit of prayer of our daily lives. So, at the minimum, a Muslim would recite Surah Al-Fatiha 17 times a day for those of the number of fard raka'at, fard units of prayer every single day. Furthermore, Surah Al-Fatiha being a supplication is also the most frequently repeated supplication of any Muslim as it is the most frequently recited prayer of any Muslim. And if we really ponder into the essence of Surah Al-Fatiha, we find that essentially it's asking for one thing, and that one thing is guidance. For right in the middle of Surah Al-Fatiha, the verse that actually asks of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in fact, إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ which we translate generally as guide us to the straight path. Now, Before we get into the essence of uh, what the supplication asks and why this specific request, let us take a step back and ask, what exactly do we do to make Surah Al-Fatiha a dua? Looking at our cultural practice, we see that whenever Muslims gather together and they start engaging in supplication or dua, Generally, the word Al-Fatiha is used, which literally translates as the opening and also refers to the recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha. And traditional Muslim scholars from various walks of spirituality, various expressions of Islamic spirituality, have generally always incorporated the Fatiha. We see this in the Ratib al-Haddad and the other litanies by Uh, the scholars from Hadramaut, and various turuk or pathways of spirituality around the world. And this has been the case for hundreds of years. So culturally, Surah Al-Fatiha plays a huge role. And then religiously, we know that other than in the Salah itself, that Surah Al-Fatiha had other healing properties for the Sahabi who would recite this upon uh, somebody who needed some, some healing, would later on be approved by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who asked him, how did you know that it is a shifa? So there are many secrets to Surah Al-Fatiha that perhaps some of them we would come to know and others would remain with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, for us to come and discover in the year after. But for our purposes here, in making Surah Al-Fatiha a supplication, a general dua, we really need to understand what it says, how it says it, and what we hope to achieve therefrom. In terms of what it says, we've covered this. Surah Al-Fatiha asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance, and we'll get to that. Then how it says it, Surah Al-Fatiha teaches us a structure of supplication. In other words, how 
should we best address our supplications to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? As we mentioned before, uh, it would be inappropriate for a Muslim to come to Allah and give a shopping list. Give me this, grant me that, I don't want this, keep that away from me. But the format of supplication, which Allah teaches us in the Quran, starting from Surah Al-Fatiha, and the format employed by Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam really encompasses a beautiful manner of speaking with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that generally forms the, the system of first praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and acknowledging His glorious attributes and then presenting our weakness before Him subhanahu wa ta'ala and our utter need and dependence on Him, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal, and only thereafter describing our need to him and we find this format observed beautifully in suratul fatiha from this we can also structure our own supplications and we will see this repeatedly in the ayat of the quran which are also supplications but also in the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam wherein we learn the various forms of supplication so let us look at the translation and basic explanation of suratul fatiha it begins, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, with the name of Allah, the All-Merciful, the Especially Merciful. Now, both Rahman and Rahim are qualities or names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and both are derived from the same root letters, which is Ra, Ha, and Mim. And in its various expressions, these root letters refer to Rahma or Mercy. And as we can see, Rahman is on a different form as Rahim, so the words appear slightly differently. We call this form a scale. So the scale of Rahman is Fa'lan, and the scale of Rahim is Fa'il. And both forms of scales actually indicate hyperbole. So in the hyperbolic forms, what exactly does Ar-Rahman refer to and what does Ar-Rahim refer to? Both of them, as mentioned, are names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they indicate to Allah's tremendous mercy. But specifically from hadith we learn that Rahman is a'ammu min ar-Rahim, it is more general than ar-Rahim, and that Rahman is Allah's mercy that encompasses everything in existence. From the beginning of time till the end of time, humankind, jinnkind, animal kind, in fact animate life as well as inanimate life. And there's no distinction between who receives of this mercy and who does not. Whereas Rahim, as mentioned in different contexts in the Quran and also from tafsir literature, is specifically for the believers in the year after. Now what's really interesting about this as well is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which he teaches us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has divided his rahmah into 100 portions. One of those portions is the Rahmah that encompasses all things, as I mentioned. So human life, gene life, animal life, etc. So based on what we've already covered, which name does represent this portion of Allah's Rahmah? Which of the two? Ar-Rahman or Ar-Rahim? And of course, if you recall, Rahman is a'ammu min ar-Rahim, more general than Rahim. So Rahman is the name of Allah that represents his general mercy. And this then means that the mercy represented by the name ar-Rahim that is reserved specifically for the believers in the afterlife is representative of 99 portions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah. 
And subhanAllah, if his one portion of mercy suffices everything that ever existed and that ever will exist, what can we expect from the 99 portions? May Allah grant us of his mercy. Now, what I learned from this and what I really would like to highlight here is that the first lesson that Allah teaches us about himself in the opening of the Quran and in this beautiful dua is about his mercy and really encompassing his mercy in every way possible. Then we proceed and the surah commences Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen which means all praise is to Allah, belongs to Allah Rabbil Alameen, the Lord, the nourisher, the sustainer, the provider of all of creation Alameen Now, there's a lot of detail in tafsir about the individual words and the difference between hamd and thana and shukr. For our purposes here, it's important to recognize that right at the beginning, not only do we open up with the basmala, the bismillahir rahmanir rahim, which is important to open anything important with. In other words, the Prophet said, any matter that does not begin in the name of Allah or with the praise of Allah, any matter of importance where you omit these phrases, it is severed off from any potential blessings that could have been therein. So we learn this from Surah Al-Fatiha as well, for it opens up not only with the basmala or the name of Allah, but also with the hamd, meaning with the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the sunnah of, of reciting supplications and du'as, we always find the Prophet wasallam praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extensively before presenting his own needs in front of him, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. So that's the first uh, real lesson. And then uh, a profound lesson on top of that is that we find Rahman and Rahim in its own independent ayah again year after. And there's of course some discussion with regards to the Basmala and whether it formally forms part of the Fatiha or not. And this is a, an academic discussion that doesn't really find a place within our context here. But suffice to say that based on the view that it is in fact part of the Fatiha, we see that the word Rahman and Rahim repeats itself here. So Allah emphasizes his Rahmah and then emphasizes it again. Only then does he inform us and make it known that he is also Malik Yawmiddin, the master, the owner of the day of judgment. Now on the one hand, this is scary because we come to learn that there is in fact a day of judgment, a day of recompense. And this means that because he is Allah, everyone will be accountable for everything that he or she was responsible for. And that can be a little bit intimidating if you have weaknesses and you've committed sin. However, the hope that we walk away with is that, number one, justice will be served. So if you are on the right side of justice, you have nothing to worry about. And number two, that the one that you will be facing on the day of recompense is none other than Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, and we've already covered what exactly that refers to. Then we find the next ayah now bringing in the relationship between ourselves and between Allah. So up until this point, we were learning about Allah and he was informing us of himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this ayah, we now bring in a new element. You alone do we serve, O Allah, 
and you alone do we seek assistance from. Here we learn that while Allah is Rabb, we are Abd, we are servants, we are slaves of Allah and we worship Him, we serve Him and then furthermore we rely upon Him because we ask assistance from Him alone meaning He is the source of our salvation, the source of our power, the source of our assistance. So we see the relationship and really this verse gives us our identity. What do you identify as? I identify as a servant of Allah. This is what Allah has clearly instructed me within the Quran. There is no ambiguity in this verse whatsoever. And we learn also that not only am I a servant, but I'm also collectively part of the human race and all of us together, we are in fact servants of the Almighty and it is only He who can assist us. Now, after mentioning this part of the surah, which is the division, you know, the relationship between the divine and the creation, we then proceed to present our need before him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the need above all else that we need from Allah is guidance. Guide us to the straight path. So of all the ideas, all the needs, all the wants that we could possibly present before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one that is identified as being the most important, the one that we need to ask repeatedly for, is guidance. And this is so profound because if you really think about it, the rest of the Qur'an is a response to this dua. Right at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, we already learn that ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ This is the book in which there is no doubt and in it there is guidance for the Allah conscious. So the Fatiha really lays the, the way for us to receive the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's important that we understand how exactly we are in need of guidance. And it may even be a bit confusing if you think about it because if you believe that you are guided by being a Muslim and following Islam, then why ask for guidance? Now, it's it's somewhat complex and deep discussion, but guidance is of different forms. On the one hand, there's the, the predisposition to being whatever your nature is, such as the guidance to be a human or the guidance to be a flower or the guidance to be a bee. And this is something that everyone enjoys in every creation. But there's also guidance towards the truth. And the ultimate truth is following Islam. And in that sense, we are also guided. But beyond that, we also need guidance in every facet of our lives. We need guidance in our relationship with Allah, our characters, our habits, our deeds. We need guidance in the way we deal with our family. We need guidance in our thoughts and in our actions and in our emotional states of being. And we may be guided today, but there's no guarantee that we'll still be guided tomorrow. So guidance is something that we, that we always require. So we ask Allah for guidance and then we also know that the rest of the Qur'an and Islam itself and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is really our guidance in text and human form. And by following in that example, we will always be guided insha'Allah. Then the rest of the Fatiha, اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْدُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ Number one, 
there's the translation, which is the path of those whom you had favored, O Allah, not the path of those who earned anger, nor the path of those who had gone astray. And there's some tafsir in relation to who exactly that referred to. But what I really want us to understand here is that the Fatiha could have ended at Ihdina Suratul Mustaqim and it would have made perfect sense without the remainder. So this final portion of the Fatiha serves one very important role and that is to let us know that the guidance we seek is not only to be found theoretically and from books but the guidance we seek is to be found by walking in the footsteps of those who had already found the guidance by the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before us and by avoiding the footsteps of those who had veered away from that guidance. And through this, we say Amin, which means, Oh Allah, accept. And we have then completed the greatest dua, the greatest supplication from the Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us. And may we say the surah as a supplication from the bottom of our hearts because there's so much that we can gain from it. أقول كولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم جزاكم الله خيرا السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته